Hi, I'm Sonia, and this is the Simple Organization Solutions Podcast, aka the SOS Podcast. My goal is to help you see and feel all the benefits that organization has to offer, as well as show you the different ways where it can be applied in life on a daily basis so that you can focus on what is actually important to you in life. I'll be discussing different topics, some being organization related and others not so much, but they will all point to the same direction, to mainly declutter and organize your life to fully enjoy it. I hope you follow along on this journey and discover what organization has to offer. Here is part two of my conversation with Jess Neary. I'm assuming that you regularly get similar questions or concerns about the practice from your clients that you have to answer. Are there any myths that you must debunk frequently for your clients with regards to feng shui? Absolutely. I would say the number one would be that the rules are hard and steadfast and that you have to follow them. And the truth of the matter is, is that we live in a day and age where our homes are built not with feng shui standards like back you know feng shui originated in china over 4000 years ago homes in asia and not just in china in particular are being built with these fundamentals already instilled in these spaces here in north america that's just not the reality we live in um, often we have small spaces or you know so there's other There's exceptions for sure, but using the guidelines as a way to understand the philosophy and the the reason why these rules are in place are a great starting point. And even looking at colors, for example, a lot of times, you know, red is such a high vibrant color and it's going to immediately boost the energy in a space. It's also very grounding as it relates to the root chakra However, not everyone will resonate with a red color. It is very, very bold. I have little bits of it in our space, but I'm very sensitive to color. So having like a red wall, for example, would just be way too overpowering. So for some, that may be exactly what they're looking for. And then others, they may choose to opt for something that's a little more subtle, like a vibrant purple or even a pink and in some cases as well can have a similar effect. So coming into a space or even when you're reading perhaps even a post that I've made or even a a book on feng shui, using it as a place to begin and then just really expanding on that and bringing it into a practical sense, I believe is where we can bust some myths. I love that, especially with colors. You were talking about red. I love little tidbits of red, but like you were saying, a whole wall, I don't think I could deal with that. A whole black wall, I could easily deal with than not so much a red wall. If someone was to be interested in the practice of feng shui in their home, what do they need to be ready for? What will they need to be able to do before, during, and after their session with you? There's a lot of, or what I've heard from, from clients, prospective clients, is that they're ready to do some changes in their space, but feeling a bit overwhelmed. Either there's too much clutter or they feel like their space isn't up to a certain standard to start incorporating feng shui into their lives. 
And the truth of the matter is with feng shui, you can start wherever you're at. And that's what I find is so beautiful with the practice. Because oftentimes, I mean, we could be looking at making these huge changes and shifts like taking walls down, you know, adding furniture, taking furniture away. But like nine times out of 10, it's these subtle shifts that we can create in our space that's going to amplify and sort of ripple out with these big, massive results that clients are looking for beforehand what i would say to prep i often suggest practicing like meditation getting clear on what they intend for the practice and our time together and then once we're working in together is just really taking it step by step because it really is a process that evolves and and ripples out and kind of unfolds as we go being flexible is really, really wonderful at just being open to where the process leads us. Oftentimes, we'll start in one room or in one part of a space. Then we'll be moving to another that wasn't even on the radar at the very beginning. So going with the flow and being open to those changes so that in the end, we're aware and in line with the intention that was set from the very beginning and the get-go. And when you say that your, your clients aren't where they want to be in their space, where do they get their inspiration from? Because the initial thought in my head is that, oh, they've seen this space on Pinterest and they want their home to look like that. Is that the response that you tend to get from your clients? <laughs> yes. And I love, I love Pinterest. Because often it's interesting because a lot of clients that I've worked with come to me and they say, I just don't know what to do. I am at a complete loss. I don't know what I like, you know, and it's so interesting. Some don't, but oftentimes they are and they're looking for those inspirations for sure. I love Pinterest because when we're on there, we can find spaces that we really enjoy. And then there's some spaces that we're like, "Uh uh-uh, no way. Like if there was one with a red wall, for example. (laughs) But it's often looking at these photos, perhaps of inspiration, and looking at and feeling into why, why, what about this space that you're really attracted to, and then bringing pieces and elements from that space and incorporating it into their own, as I think the best way that we can go about this. And my perspective when I'm working with clients as well is really looking at what is working well in a space already and amplifying that, like bringing that up. Because I mean, we could certainly focus on the clutter, the stuff, you know, the outdated, whatever it may be. But there's always so much beauty in a space. And I'm certainly one that when I come into a space, I see so much potential. Like that's, that's really what I see. It's so funny that you say that. It'll happen when I go to a client's and I'll be like, okay, so what's working? And they'll answer, well, let's start with what's not working. I'll be like, no, let's focus on what's working. Because <laughs> they don't see it that way. <laughs> Which I think is beautiful because you and I would both be in like an objective, unbiased like perspective. And we're not living in this space every day. I find when even in our own home, having living in a space over and over, like living day to day in a space, it's easy to kind of put up blinders as well. 
and and focus on a few key areas and not seeing it from the overall like big picture which is where like someone like you and I could easily come in and just shift the perspective from from the very beginning totally i call it the the stop sign syndrome when you're too used to seeing a stop sign you just don't see it anymore and sometimes you just roll on by without doing your stop and that's what happens here in your own home you're just too used to it absolutely Okay, so let's talk clutter because as part of as far as organization goes, decluttering is a very important part and step to the process. Taking out each item and establishing if it's useful or not in the space and then able to decide if it should stay or go, go in a different space or just get donated or tossed altogether is all part of this tedious and necessary process. Which makes me wonder, are there any rules or guidelines with regards to clutter and decluttering in the practice of feng shui? Absolutely. So oftentimes we'll begin a session with setting the intention. That is always the first and primary starting point. Then is decluttering. That is a very integral part of feng shuiing a space. Because we're looking at clearing the space from what is no longer serving you. And it is such a necessary and important part because once we start to remove the items that are no longer serving you, it just provides this ease to then shift the space into what is going to be supportive for the client. Now, in respect to clutter, in a sense, and how it's viewed from a feng shui perspective is they, they call it sha energy which generally means like draining energy. So it's going to be depleting. And whether it's in a drawer and you're not looking at it or whether it's literally sitting out in a corner of your room, it's going to have somewhat of a similar effect. And certainly seeing it visually is gonna be much more powerful and potent experience, but having in the drawers is still very important. This is where that organization comes into play big time. and clutter it's it's interesting too because it's almost like once it begins and it's easy to avoid i think and then it just starts to grow and build and it, it's just showing this lack of awareness in this space nothing to be discouraged about and i i mean i don't want to play blanket blanket statement out there but everybody has clutter everybody you know in some small scale to a larger scale and so it's a topic that can be shared amongst many individuals and everyone can sort of relate to this topic as well. Having clutter is a way of holding on to something that once served you, but no longer does. So when we have our intention set, it's easy to become really clear on what is serving you now and for the future and what no longer is. And so having that perspective on clutter find it automatically just opens you up to this opportunity to release and let go of what's no longer serving you and paying honor and homage to the fact that it did at one point in time, whether it was used, whether it was not used, and but being able to let that go and release it so that we can move forward in this direction that was intended at the very beginning. And when you say that you have this intention, is it something that you write? Is it something that you just say? Is it something that you put on a big 
bored cow is that you know the theme of your decluttering session so that it's always in plain sight of what you're doing because it can become either overbearing to have that intention there or it can just get forgotten in the decluttering process because you get into it and you keep seeing those things and then you get sucked into like the souvenirs and what those items are bringing up as far as emotions. With the intention setting portion, it's at the very beginning. So when I'm doing like the intake client questions and the questionnaire, with that, then we go back to it, we revisit it. And I find when we're losing clarity or focus, that is something that can always come back to you to reaffirm and to provide that bit of motivation and, and focus and, and reason, raison d'etre, you know, the reason of why we're doing this whole process and providing that guidance. And it's so powerful too. And this is why I, I recommend often coming to a place of meditation or a space where you feel calm and centered when creating that intention as well, because it's often something in your highest good, highest power, highest self. And you're really just kind of on that path to get to that intention space. And by navigating through your space, you're on that journey to get there. That's so fascinating. I love it. Very similar, yet such different practices from one another. I love it. Jess, where can our listeners find you on social and find more information about the different services that you offer? I am very active on Instagram. I love it. As a visual person, it is just so beautiful to be in the space and as a creator as well. You know, it's reels and it's just so much fun. Um, so I'm very active there. You can follow me at Jess Neary Feng Shui. I'm also on Facebook as Jess Neary Feng Shui. And my website, which has way more in-depth information about who I am, where I'm from, my credentials, um, and and to book as well, is justneary.ca. Very simple, very feng shui. <laughs> as it should be, easy to remember. <laughs> I'll make sure to add all of your information in the show notes of this episode for easy access for our listeners. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking the time to chat feng shui with me today. I have learned so much about feng shui and will now be looking at my home differently. I'm kind of looking around thinking, should I move stuff around? Should I rethink this? Should I have had, have you look at my house plan before we built our house? Like I'm just overthinking everything. It's kind of fun though, but I I really loved it. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much, Sonia. It was absolutely wonderful to come and join you on the SOS podcast and to to talk about the 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 similarities and the differences and, and share the feng shui, of course. Thank you for listening to today's SOS podcast episode. Find me on my website at www.sosblog.org and on Instagram and share my podcast with others and help me spread the word about organization.